Here we go on this November the 1st in the year of our Lord, Lord 2022. It's Rumination Tuesday when we listen to the hymn for all the saints who from their labors rest. And that is who, for all the saints who from their labors rest, it was written by William Walsham Howe, H-O-W. He lived 1823 to 1897. And he was ever mindful of the communion of saints on earth and those in the church triumphant. In fact, his colleague, William Boyd Carpenter, Bishop of Ripon, wrote, he felt the fervor of Catholic life, the great host of God serving, struggling, martyred, yet triumphant children passed before his view. He saw the glorious procession of the sons of God as they swept through the open gates of paradise. He heard their victorious song of praise. The alleluias of the redeemed rang in his ears and passed into music in his noble hymn, and it is assigned for All Saints' Day. This hymn was written while Howe was rector in Whittington, farming village on the border between England and Wales, and it became popular within his lifetime and remains the most widely known hymn from his pen. So, Pastor Smith, have you used this hymn before? Oh, yes. Now, we use it again this Sunday. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is the hymn for All Saints Day. It really is. You know, I mean, I, there are others, but th this is the one you, I always think of. And there's, there's a lot I like about it. I, I love all the verses, too. Yes. The All Saints Day is really also one of the final days of the Pentecost season. But just like last week, we did Reformation. This week, we do All Saints Day. Right. Uh, are you doing anything special in the service, remembering the saints who died the previous year? No, actually, uh, we're having a baptism. Oh, wow. We're starting with a baptism. Uh, this will be the first baptism. I mean, I've I've done other baptisms at the church where I serve, but this is the first one uh, that I personally have done that that I've done that I will be doing during the service. It'll be at the beginning of the service. So we'll actually sing this uh, as the sermon hymn. Oh, okay. Uh, are you going to do all eight verses? No, no. Uh, we'll just do. Uh, We'll do verse 1, 2, 3, 7, and 8. Oh, wow. The others are okay. good, too. I just, you know, you only have so much time. <laughs> verse 1, 2, 3, 7, and 8. 
Well, with a baptism, too. And then you have the yeah. Lord's Supper. Right. Oh, yeah, we got the Lord's Supper, too. So. <laughs> okay. Stanza one, please. All right. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, this is his first verse. He's talking about the saints who are resting in heaven, but who is the main character in the first verse? It's uh, Christ. Uh, yes. I think Christ specifically, not just the... The last verse, of course, is doxological, and that's uh, addressing the, the, the Trinity. Well, the but, first uh, verse we're talking about, he doesn't mention Christ. He no. says, thy name, O Jesus. Yeah, there you go. Right. That's right. Yeah. So... The first verse starts right off with praising Jesus because of the saints who labor from their, who rest from their labor. What does that right. mean? Uh, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. That's the verse I think of. No, what does it mean that they rest from their labors? Well... Well, they're well, resting. What was the they're curse? resting. What, what's that? What was the curse that God gave to Adam and Eve? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm. I don't know. You've you've caught me. Remember? You blindsided. You blindsided me, Tom. Um, they're resting from their labors. They're resting in uh, in in the soil. Their 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 bodies are resting, but they're. But they are with our Lord Jesus in heaven, okay? Yes, but the rest of labors is referring to the curse that God gave to Adam and Eve that oh, okay. they would have to really work the ground and there right. would be weeds and all kinds of things. Right. And it was going to be very laborious to do farming, etc. Right. And I'm. Uh, been looking at uh, various farming. It's amazing what farmers have to do to grow crops. Oh boy, you're telling me. My my grand my grandfather was a farmer, and boy, I'll tell you, he worked dairy farmers. Boy, you know they, those cows had to be milked every day, and oh man, they couldn't get away from their work. You know they just couldn't take off that easily. So yeah, they worked hard. Yeah, I, I never would have dairy cows. I just have regular cows or bulls that would eat grass. That way you don't have too much work to do, I guess. I don't know. But at any rate, that's we're going to be resting from our labor. We don't have to get up and go to work. We don't have any pain in doing the farming, etc. Uh, that's what happens when we go to heaven. I'll read right. stanza two. Thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou, Lord, their captain, in the well-fought fight. Thou, in the darkness, rear their one true light. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, what does that mean about that there was a well-fought fight? Well, I think, of course, that he, that he battled sin, death, and hell in his, in his uh, suffering and death on the cross. 
Exactly. And and throughout his earthly life as well. Let's see. It says thou was their rock, is, their fortress. And, but but says, it, we're, we're, we're talking, thou was their captain in the well-fought yes. fight. I guess we're, we're talking, too, about the, the fight that, the, 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 the contention that we go through in the church militant here on earth. Right. Very well said. Tell me the difference between the church militant and the church triumphant. Well, that has to do with this hymn. In fact, we are in the church militant right now. We're contending with we're contending with the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Yes, and that that's what we're contending against right now. And uh, it also includes, you know, fighting amongst ourselves. Uh, sometimes even in the church, there's bickering and and uh, fighting. So there's we're in the church militant. But uh, the church triumphant, of course, they are at rest. All, that's, that's all the saints uh, that have gone to their uh, heavenly rest. All right. If Jesus is our captain, then verse 3 talks about us as, our, as the soldiers. Would you read stanza 3, please? Okay. Oh, may thy soldiers, faithful, true, and bold, fight as the saints who nobly fought of old, and win with them the victor's crown of gold. Alleluia, alleluia. Now that victor's crown of gold comes up in the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation, that we receive that crown, which really is the crown from Jesus himself. Right. He wins the battle and gives us the prize. Yeah, hold thou to what thou hast, let no man, let no one take thy crown. Yes, and so it's a victor's crown of gold, and the soldiers are faithful, true, and bold. Now, we also continue to sin, so what does it mean we're faithful, true, and bold? May, may thy soldiers faithful, true, and bold... Uh, let's see. That that's uh, that's uh, believers. That's yes. all. That's all believers. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like we're going through the book of Proverbs. That each part of Proverbs distinguishes between a believer and an unbeliever. And here, the believers are soldiers who are faithful, true, and bold. It's not that they don't sin, but they still trust. That means they're right. faithful in the promises of God. It's right. Very good. All right. Yeah, Stands a full... Go ahead. I was just going to say, we uh, we emulate. One of, one of the things, what do we do with the saints? Do we pray to them? No, but we emulate them. We, uh, we, we imitate their own examples in life. Okay. You wanted me to look at four? Sure. Oh, blessed communion, fellowship divine. We feebly struggle, they in glory shine. Yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. There we've, there we're, we're distinguishing between, uh, we're distinguishing there between the church militant, that is those of us, those Christians uh, of us, uh, of us that are contending even now, 
and uh, they in glory shine. Uh, that's the church triumphant. But they make up the church triumphant and the church militant all make up that uh, blessed communion of saints. Yes, in fact, when this hymn was written, that phrase, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, was put in italics. And so he considered that to be really important because in the church militant, we continue to struggle, as you said, against the world, the flesh, and the devil, but they in glory shine. What glory are they shining in? Well, you know, that's that's interesting because, uh, let's see, they in glory shine. Now, of course, they're here in this verse. Uh, we haven't gotten to the, the resurrection on the last day yet. Uh, so they're, uh, you know, I think of them. Uh, help Can me, you Tom. give an I, example of anyone who had not yet gone through the resurrection but was shining in glory? And I'm thinking of... Oh, uh, hey, Elijah and Moses. Exactly. Well said. Transfiguration. Yes. yes. They in glory were shining because what were they talking about at the transfiguration? They were talking about Jesus and his exodus. That's the word that's used, which yes. we know his departure. His departure that he was about to accomplish uh, outside of Jerusalem on Calvary's cross. That's what they were talking about, Elijah and Moses, as they conversed with Jesus on that Mount of Transfiguration. All right, I'll read stanza five. And when the fight is fierce, the warfare long, steals on the er ear the distant triumph song, and hearts are brave again, and arms are strong. Now that really has the metaphor of soldiers with Jesus as our captain, and that even though we feebly struggle, what does that mean? I, I don't know a child would understand, steals on the ear the distant triumph song. Okay, I think I've, I've uh, reflected on this before. I have the picture of when you're contending. Let's you know the, an old Western movie where the uh, the pioneers are surrounded by uh, wild Indians or savages. Okay, they're being attacked, but in the distance you begin to hear the faint sound of a cavalry bugle. And it becomes louder and louder, and you know that help is on the way. That's what that's talking about. Steals on the earth the distant triumph song. In other words, steals there is, on the ear. Yeah, steals on the ear. You're right. Steals on the er, ear the distant triumph. You know, help is on the way. The end is near. Our Lord's going to raise us, and we'll be free of this uh, of this uh, fighting and uh, difficulty. Now. Last week, I did something that was kind of unusual. I did it at my very first sermon I ever did. And that was, the text was a hymn of that particular day. And that's what I did last week for Reformation. I uh, did the text for Reformation. Now, there were two of them. The, the one, of course, is A Mighty Fortress. 
but the really good one was salvation unto us has come. And yes. what I did, I made copies of that hymn on half sheets, had 300 of them, and people in the congregation could pick them up because I said to the university students who were with us, I said, if you have a roommate who wonders why you go to a Lutheran church, just hand them this hymn and they will indeed understand why we are Lutheran. It's an amazing hymn, that hymn 555. And so many people took that. But do we not use occasionally when we go to a hospital and someone has serious surgery, we can read from the Psalms, but do you ever go over a hymn with them that they enjoy? Oh, hymns are great. That's why we, you know, that's why in confirmation, uh, pastors sometimes will have their kids uh, memorize those hymns. They they can uh, and lock them in their hearts so that so that when they're in a hospital bed, they can go over the. Those hymns are are real treasures uh, to to lock in our hearts so that we can reflect upon them when when times are tough. Oh, hymns are really uh, are real blessings. They're they're treasures indeed. In 1523, Martin Luther had written that he wished there were more hymns in the vernacular rather than just the Latin chanting. And he was disappointed because he was not finding poets who were able to do that. But soon there were poets who came. And what we did on Sunday for Reformation, I did a Bible study for 45 minutes. And then for 15 minutes, members of the congregation could call out any hymn in the hymnal they wanted. And they were, of course, all favorites of them, and we would sing them. And I made the point that not only was the music well-written, like A Mighty Fortress is Our God, but the words were spectacular. And that's a gift. Have you ever written a hymn? No, I've never tried. I've thought about it. Uh, no, no, I, I think I, I, music... Uh, I don't read music myself, and so really coming up, I I think writing a hymn, you'd have to kind of come up, have a have a tune to the same time that you can uh, fit it with, and I, I guess that's always been kind of a roadblock for me, not being a better musician. Yes, there is one of the individuals who has a lot of hymns, but he uses tunes that already were in existence and then puts words to them that he does. And boy, are they ever good. But that's that's one way of doing it. All right, yeah. if you would read stanza six. The golden evening brightens in the west. Soon, soon to faithful warriors cometh rest. Sweet is the calm of paradise the blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, why in the West? Well, of course, that's where uh, the sun sets in the West. Yes. That's that's just what I that's what I assume. I the golden evening brightens in the West. Uh, you think of a beautiful sunset. Exactly, and that means it's the end of the day. And soon, soon to faithful warriors cometh rest. 
in, in other words, at the end of our days here on earth, you were correct. The spirit is with Jesus and is at rest. And do we ever talk about the spirits in heaven prior to the day of resurrection? Anything about that in the liturgy? Well, that's what I like about this hymn. This hymn... And I don't know, there may be other hymns that make this distinction, but this hymn distinguishes between uh, the rest that we receive at the end of our earthly life, but then, of course, in the, uh, in the next verse, in the seventh verse, it talks about the resurrection. So it, it makes that distinction between the, the rest when, when we die on this earth and our spirit goes to be with our Lord Jesus, but then it then it distinguishes between the the resurrection when our bodies are rejoined with our with our souls. Yes, uh, and the question I have is that ever in the liturgy? Let me think. You know, it can't, I can't think of. Uh, well, where I'll give comes... you a hint. Okay. It's the prayer at communion. With angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Is that what you're thinking? Exactly. Well yeah. said. And what's the company of heaven at that point? With angels and archangels. And the company of heaven would be those those uh, saints that have already fallen asleep in Jesus and are with him. Uh, their their souls are with him in heaven. That's right. It's, it's in the spirit. Yes. And so... I always mention that when there is a funeral, that your loved one, you will still be rejoicing with them in the Lord's Supper because right. they're singing also. And a lot yeah. of people don't realize that distinction you made between the spirit and the resurrected body. But you say now in... Uh, Number seven, him, verse, verse seven. Uh, stanza seven, right. Go ahead with that. Yeah. From, uh, but lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The king of glory passes on his way. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, what does that mean that the king of glory passes on his way? You know, I was thinking about that this morning. What that's a that's an easy picture. Um I don't know. I see a triumphant king. Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess I I can't help but picture him riding on a horse. Maybe that's not maybe that's not proper, but but I I think of a triumphant king uh reviewing his triumphant troops, his triumphant army and uh, passing by them in victory. That's the picture that I have in my mind as I sing yeah. that. Yes. The way is often used in the Scripture, but specifically in Proverbs. There's two ways. You have the broad way, and you have the narrow way. What's right. the narrow way? The narrow way? Well, remember that the, the early church was called the way. Yes. That's the point. And, uh, the narrow way is the is the way of Christ, the yes. way that He has made for us. And so, if He passes on His way, He 
passes in a way that he fulfills the promise that he will return and take our bodies to heaven to be with our spirits already there. Now, okay. what happens to a person who's still alive on earth when judgment day comes? Well, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to be, to be with our Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So the, all, all, the dead in Christ rise first. And then we are caught up uh, to be with him. Uh, we're, we're, those that are still living at the time of his return. Excellent. Yes. You, you do a good job in bringing in these Bible verses. So I'll read the last stanza. From earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams in the countless host, singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, what are these gates of pearl? Well, those are, those are talked about. Uh, uh, those, those are the gates of pearl. They're talked about in uh, Revelation. I know that. Yes. Again. You know, what's fu you know what's funny is, you know, for years, <laughs> this, is kind of, this is kind of funny, but it just goes to show how music is broken in, in these verses. I thought, now, pearl streams. What are pearl streams? <laughs> yes. But you see, streams streams in the countless host through these gates of pearl. <laughs> yes, yeah, streams is not a noun, it's a verb. No, no, that's right, it's a verb there. Uh, these Through these gates of pearl, stream in the countless hosts. And countless refers to what God said to Abraham, that... Through Isaac, not only many nations will be blessed, as many as are, well, the grains on the seashore and the stars in the sky. That's Countless. right. All right. I'll be using the hymn also. We're looking forward to All Saints Day. We thank you for listening to Law and Gospel. And tomorrow we'll still be talking about some of these items as we look at the next passage in the book of Proverbs. I'm Tom Baker, and with Pastor Mark Smith, we thank you for listening. Join us tomorrow. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.